0: Cool. So, yeah, so this is Eric Barath from Indestructible Noise Command. Uh, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm uh, sitting here in uh, in Cyprus. It's about 11 p.m. I got the air conditioning on because it was about 85 degrees today. Drinking a couple of beers. It's great doing these, uh, these um, internet chat uh, interviews because you can just sit here in your underwear and... <laughs> You know, it's a uh, it sure, it sure be doing live uh, studio interviews, so yeah, I can do sure. these all day.
0: I was gonna say, how, do, do you have a camera? How'd you know we were in our in- underwear, man? <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm
1: in my underwear. It's just, it's hot as balls today, so I'm yeah. just trying to cool down. If, you, if the air conditioning is bothering you, or if it's coming through, I can turn it off.
0: Oh uh, no, it's good, man. We we I, I can't all even right. tell. So, um, and by the way, this is Daigle and uh, Jared and Cody are, are here with me too. So. Anyway, nice
2: to meet all all you guys. Oh, man. yeah, same here. Yeah,
0: nice yeah. to meet you too, Eric. Cool. So, can I can we start here? Um, with you said you're in Cyprus and Greece. What brought you out there? Why are you Why are you over there? Because the band's based out of New York, correct?
1: Yeah, uh, New York and Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut, and uh, a while ago I met my wife in Connecticut about maybe a decade ago, a little more than a decade ago, and uh, you know she's from here. Uh, she got her master's degree over there in Connecticut. And basically, I came here on vacation with her, and I love the island. I mean, it's just a beautiful Mediterranean island, Greek type island. It's, hot, it's warm all year, sand, topless women. You know, what is there not to love about it? So uh, a few years later, she asked me if I want to move here because they got land and business opportunities and everything. So I said, you know, sure, why not? Let's give it a shot. And I've been living here for I think eight years now, wow. and um, it's 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 worked out great. And you know, it's it's just kind of strange that the band got back together last year. And at first, I thought it'd be a big problem, but thanks to technology and the internet, we were able to basically write this album uh, five thousand miles apart through uh, email and video chat. So it, technology kind of allows you to not necessarily be in the same room together as the old days when we're together in high school, we used to sit in a garage, you know, and it's 100 degrees and we're just looking at each other and trying to figure out what to do. Now it's a little bit, it's actually easier, I think, you know, we don't have to always be together and, um, you know, it works out well this way.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's really, really cool. Um, You know, speaking of the the band getting back together, uh, you know, I was reading over your, the the bio and it, it kind of, glossed over the the breakup part can you talk a little about that because basically you guys were around in like the late 80s kind of had a lot of stuff going on and then there's this kind of gray area like what happened between then and like you said a year or so ago when when you guys got back together
1: after the visitor the second album which came out in 1988 um things really started just taking off for us we were number one on the radio charts uh, hard rock charts in america the album was selling great. Uh, in, in the UK, we were number two on imports. We beat Aerosmith. I mean, it was some really crazy stuff going on. Uh, but the problem was that our record company, Giant Records, they they weren't fully behind us. And they, for you know, at some level, they really didn't know what they were doing as far as music. They they really didn't give any kind of tour support. And we really wanted to go out on tour. And for actually for years, we were telling them, "You got to put us out on, on tour with somebody." and because we were just basically playing the local c- uh, scene down the east coast anywhere not from pittsburgh up to boston so after a while it got kind of stale and we really pushed and pushed and they just wouldn't do anything so we finally said okay we gotta get off this label you know now's the time when things are kind of heating up to maybe try to go on a, on a major label because major labels were actually signing thrash back then now you know you i mean lay god is like the only band to get signed to a, a big label these days so we um we, we left Giant and we had a lot of opportunities. We, uh, we were talking to, I can't remember, it was Polygram or po, I don't know, one of those major labels that aren't around anymore because Sony ate them up. But uh, we were with them, uh, we were talking with them for a, over a year, the contracts were all drawn up and uh, suddenly the, the head of A&R that was uh, dealing with our, with our band, Uh, he got fired, and all the bands that he was dealing with and all the bands he signed also got just shit-canned. And so that was it, you know, that kind of like started the band, you know, going to a dark place. Because so much time had gone by with these negotiations and everything. And, you know, you really got to stay relevant, you got to keep playing, you got to keep putting music out there. And the the crowds got smaller and smaller and we started arguing more and more because, you know, we had to start from scratch now, we had no record label. Uh, so now, we, you know, we, where do we go now? And, you know, it's sort of like a marriage where everything's, when everything's going well. The, the, it's all lovey-dovey. And then, you know, when the money runs out and someone gets laid off, that's when husband and wife are strangling each other. So that's sort of like what happened with the band. We all love each other like brothers, but it just, it wasn't fun anymore. So we broke up. we were a little bit immature too. Don't forget, we were only about 19, 20 years old. Um, so, you know, all these factors sort of played a part of it and we broke up and what are you going to do? You know, it, it shouldn't have happened, but it did.
0: Wow. And so, um, from that time, well, that was what about the early nineties?
1: It was 1990 exactly
0: until just last. So like 20, 20 years.
1: Well, yeah, 20 years, 20 years is when we officially last February is when, when Dennis and I, uh, started talking. We were actually on instant message and we were just uh, looking at some old bands that we played with in the 80s. And it turned out a lot of them was still kind of playing. You know, they're playing shows, they're putting on some music. So we said, why don't we uh, give it a shot? Maybe it's time. And uh, that's uh, last February was officially when we said, let's give it a shot. And I wrote some songs and everybody was excited about it. Uh, so yeah, it was 20 years. That, uh, that we were broken up, and it's actually been 23 years since we put a record out.
0: Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's I, it's it's inspiring actually to me. I uh, I play in a band myself, and we've kind of in this rut where we just don't seem to be going like you know very many places. But just to to know that there's still guys out there that even after 20 years are still can still throw some brutal stuff together, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah the,
1: rec- the, the, the industry is really, I mean, it's terrible, you know, it, it, it rips bands apart, apart because, like I said, we, we've always been like brothers, best friends, and it just, there's a lot of pressure, you, you know, because you, you put so much time and, and emotion behind it, and record companies can kind of suck that right out, you know, it's like a vacuum that just sucks uh-huh. all the emotion and, and energy out, and you're left with almost nothing after a while, so we got to that point and like i said if we weren't so young we probably would have said you know let's just take a break let's just take a breather, like a six month you know let's just take six months apart and then we've probably gotten back together and we would put out a dozen albums ever since you know but uh it didn't work out that way uh but it, it's kind of this is kind of a cool story you of itself that 20 years later 23 years later we're able to come back and we actually got you know we we, we got together last february we got we had a record deal within nine months and you know here we are. we're putting out a worldwide release, and, and who knows what's going to happen? You know, now, now we're back in the game, and once you're in the game, anything could happen.
0: Sure. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the recording process? You mentioned that a lot of it was done over the Internet. was where, where was the mo- most of the tracks actually recorded? Did you do a lot of that, or, or was it in, in the States?
1: I make all the demos here. I got my own studio on my Mac, and I got a bunch of programs. I use Riffworks, I, um, I use Reasons, so I put all the songs together here and then through video chat we fine-tuned them and then what happened was I, I found Dennis Leiflang, the guy who played drums for, the, uh, for this project, I found him on Craigslist actually, I went on Craigslist looking for a drummer and uh, he, he, he had um, some add-on there for lessons and for sessions. So I contacted him, and uh, he loved the stuff, and so he became our drummer for the album. Who knew that Craigslist could be so useful?
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, and so you know he he had his own studio, which was very uh, convenient. He had his own studio. He had it, it. was a totally pro studio, and plus he had his drums set up. You know, so he didn't have to like move his drums to a studio and set them up and break them down. It, they were set up, miked, twenty four seven. So nice. I would send him a song. And then he would just have a click track going with the song with the guitars and then he would just record the drum tracks on his end now once all the drum tracks were done um, Anthony who plays the rhythm guitar on the album he would go there with, his, with the guitar he would do a direct signal so they could be re later he'd do all the guitars and then Sam would go with his bass Dennis would do the vocals blah, blah, blah. so it was like layer by layer each guy sort of did their part And um, I I did my leads. I did some of my leads last summer when I was in the states for two months, and then I did six of them here on my studio. And I just sent the the WAV file in, and that was just added to the mix.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm.
1: And then you know, at the end, we uh, we, the whole thing got sent to um, uh, Frederick Nordstrom, who uh, he uh, he he reamped everything. He did some resampling on the drums. Just to bring them out a little you know make them fatter and he just got a great sound he did a great job
0: yeah yeah we all really dig the the quality production quality um you. can can you say again so which of the original members are like back in it now there's yourself um is it the same vocalist
1: yes it's uh dennis gerbili and anthony Fabrizi. the only thing different is dennis used to play bass in the original inc but Really, after INC broke up, he, about a few years later, he really stopped playing bass and just became a, a vocalist, a frontman. He really liked just taking the mic and taking control of the stage. So he, he played in a hardcore band called Payback for a few years. And so when we got back together, he, he told me he didn't want to play bass. He just wanted to basically just be a frontman, and I was very cool with that. So we became a five-piece because we were a four-piece originally. So Sam Rune is the bass player, and Dennis Leifling play drums but he was he's just he just played for this album he's not in the band currently
0: so how's that gonna do you guys have plans for like touring and stuff do you as those discussions come up at all
1: yeah we, we've we, we've talked not just amongst ourselves but uh with people out there to make it happen so well right right now we're just uh you know we're, we're waiting for the album to come out and we're doing a lot of press for the album so We what we want to do not just sort of get the buzz going and then later this summer, uh, do a tour and we we really want to open up for someone bigger. Obviously, we even though we put out two albums and we did pretty well in the '80s, I I think a lot of people would agree that we're sort of starting from scratch in many ways. So, um, you you know, it's best to go out with somebody bigger and and let them take us under their wing and you know get back out there like that and get, get more exposure.
0: Sure. Well. Um, if you have any hand in laying out, you know, touring plans, please come through Colorado, preferably Absolutely. Colorado Springs, <laughs> but we'll make it, we'll make the trek to Denver if that's the only place you can go. But yeah, we would love to, to check you guys out, you know, live. I, I can see it now in my mind because the music is just, is perfect for a live setting. So I would love to, to check that out.
1: Yeah. We've been, uh, we've been practicing a lot of stuff for the show. Uh, a lot of people think well these guys have you know broken into their 40s now you know what can they do live but all of us are just gym freaks we're just we well i mean we're constantly like jogging and you know i mean we want to kind of blow people away we don't want to just do a show we want to really have an experience so uh we're, we're definitely planning for the for the tour already uh we're planning on for the stage show and and what we would do and we really want to make uh Make something kind of special especially after not being on stage for almost a quarter century we want to come back with a bang you know so um we're definitely uh, we're planning stuff and uh you know one thing at a time we just got the record out now and and like i said just just let people know that we're back i think a lot of people are still like what you know i mean uh, most of our fans from the 80s are married with kids so you know we got to get up, get the word out to them as well as the new fans that we're getting because we yeah, on Facebook it's mostly like eighteen to twenty five year olds but once in a while I get hit up with a with a guy like forty five years old like, holy shit, dude, whoa, you're back together you know so we you know those are the, those are the hardest people to reach the people who are our original fans because a lot of them don't keep up with you know today's music scene, so we're we're sort of just getting the word out to them
0: great, great um. If we could talk a little bit more about the albums, particularly the artwork. And by the way, um, kudos to your PR people because we, you know, we we get emails occasionally with you know, check out this band, check out that band, and it's usually just the music. And you know, I don't know if it was your call or if it was Adrenaline PR's call, but you know, they sent the artwork and everything. And um, when we review CDs, we always take you know artwork into account because we still think that there's value in you know buying a physical CD, you know, nine times right. out of ten. So anyway, um. So, yeah, so I was really excited that you guys included the artwork when, when they sent that in. But where, where did the idea come? Because I, I thought it was a, a great idea. You know, you've got tanks and um, all of you guys have machine guns and stuff, but it's all megaphones, you know, attached yeah, the to the...
2: machine guns with the megaphones was fucking brilliant.
0: Yes. Yeah. love that. <laughs> Music as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, because I, I met Sam Sheeran, who's our artist. He's, uh, he, he's done artwork for Iron Maiden and Rob Zombie for your factory. Uh, pale Horse named was it? Pale Horse named Death, right? I think those are what they're called. Um so yeah, I, I met him on MySpace actually. And um I let him hear the album and um I really wanted to do something kind of conceptual. And originally the album was was gonna be called Fascista, but the, the guys were kinda of like, eh, Fascista, you know, it, what does it mean? People might think it's, it means we're fascist, you know, I mean, people get worried about words, you know, so I, I said, OK, you know, let's, let's talk it over. And it became Heaven Sent Hellbound because that's just a part of the lyrics from Good Bones Stay Down. But the original concept was fascism and fascista. And I wanted him to make something kind of ominous, uh, something militaristic. Uh, I, I gave him all the lyrics, so a lot of the characters within the booklet come from the lyrics. Um, if I were president, you have the kind of presidential figure with the blood, and he has a megaphone for a head, and uh, Fista Fascista, and, and also all, all the lyrics kind of inspired him to make this dark, militaristic, theme, militaristically themed uh, booklet. And I, I agree with you guys, I think it's important to give people as many reasons as possible to actually go out and buy the CD because, you know, downloading is one thing but I, I, I'm still, I'm with you, I'm an old school guy, I love actually having the CD, I love artwork, I love having it and you know, holding it in my hands and uh, I actually miss uh, albums, you know, because it was even cooler, it was like a bigger thing, but yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so he, he came up with a lot of that just from the ideas I gave him and his, his imagination is just amazing and, and I could have asked for a better booklet. We, we actually love the artwork.
0: Yeah, same here. It really turned out good. So I'm definitely looking forward to, to getting the, you know, it's one thing to look at the pictures on my computer here, but I'm looking forward to picking up the physical copy too, just to thumb through it and should be good stuff.
1: Yeah, we, we uh, we're actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, we shot two videos in Brooklyn. Uh, one was for Swallowed. And another one was for Fista Fascista, which will be coming out in the fall, but uh, we've hired an animation team, a really amazing animation team, to animate all the characters and all the, the stuff you see in the booklet, and it's, they, they gave me like a rough draft of it. I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's going to blow people away. It's very Pink Floyd, you know? It's, oh, really? It's just very creepy. You know, children turning into megaphone heads, you know, screaming. It's, oh, it's wow. just super creepy. So I can't wait to see the final product. So there'll, there'll be a lot of animation in that video. We're saving it for later in the year, though, because right now we're going to probably release Swallowed uh, first because we feel that's sort of our our biggest sort of crossover song. And we're really proud of that song. So we're going to go swallow and Fashista later in the year.
0: I, yeah I, I agree I think swallowed the um the intro riff there is just tremendously catchy it just when, when it opens up it's just brilliant um ha, can you talk a little more about that, about that video shoot how did that go like w- can you talk about the theme of the video or anything
1: yeah there'll, there'll be actors for that one I mean all our videos have us as well I think it's important to show the band uh but for swallow there will be actors uh that I think we're gonna we're getting a mansion you know the director's getting a big Mansion, and there's going to be actors portraying actors, go, you know, going to this mansion doing blow and heroin, and everything gets out of control. Uh, so, I guess that's what the song is about it's about uh, reaching uh, the pinnacle of success only to be brought back, crashing down to earth by substance abuse or whatever. It's sort of a common theme that we see, you know, weekly uh, with, with celebrities. So, I just figured it was a great theme to talk about and write about so uh that the 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 storyline will follow that theme
0: great uh that sounds like it'll be a good one and do you have any idea for when that's going to come out
1: uh they still have to film the actors so probably in about a month maybe six weeks
0: okay sweet well yeah we'll be looking forward to that
1: and there will be, and, and I hear there'll be a very hot chick in it, which I always wanted a hot chick in my videos. We always have sweaty, like fat metalheads, you know, dudes, and, and it's nice to finally have a, a hot chick in our video. So I was really excited to hear that.
0: Yeah,
1: hot <laughs> nice. chick doing blow. I mean, how perfect is that? <laughs> nice. It's <That's> never bad.
2: It's <laughs> Never bad. What do you What do you think is the? Uh, I mean, you guys talked about how you kind of got. got Kind of started talking about you know some of the other acts that were around, uh, kind of back in your heyday, and, and how that kind of inspired you to to kind of uh, re-enter the fray. There, what do you what do you think it is about kind of today's musical environment that seems to be seems to have re-energized the metal scene?
1: For me, I and mean, I don't want to come off as a guy who's, um, what's the word I want to use? You know, I'm not a purist. Uh, I don't think that bands have to sound like us or old school Metallica or Exodus to be cool. I actually like some new metal, you know. I'm very open. I, I like rock. I like some country. I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. I mean, there's the, I, I listen to all so, to, sorts of music, and, and even some new metal, I think, is cool. I think right now, though, um, metal is stuck in a rut where it's the same formula. This new metal has the same formula. It's sort of... You know, the heavy riff with heavy vocals and then he goes into the chorus and it's Justin Bieber just like broke into the studio and he does the chorus and it's the same formula. I mean, I, I listen to radio all day basically. Uh, I listen to internet radio. Oh my like, God, every song sounds exactly the same. And I understand that that style got hot but this is what happens with the record record industry. You know, it's, they find a, a style that's kind of hot and they just murder it to death. Like, let's just sign every band that sounds like this, because the last band sold 100,000 or 200,000 copies. You know, everyone's signing Bring Me The Horizon clones now, you know. And, and you know, they all have tattoos on their necks. They all have the same hairstyle. And they have the same exact formula. And I think Bring, Bring Me The Horizon, I think, is a pretty good band, actually. I, I actually like some of their songs. But, like, every band coming out sounds like them now. And... I think people are like, okay, you know, what's next? You know, we need something new. And sometimes you don't need something new. Sometimes you have to just remember where all this stuff came from, you know. it's And, and, and sort of the roots of thrash or really the roots of rock and roll. It, it, it's a very blues-oriented. It, it's warm. Even though it's, it's aggressive, it, there's something about it that is familiar. You hear Sabbath in there. You hear Iron Maiden in there. You hear all that great stuff that everybody grew up with. And so that's why everyone's going back to the roots now, because it's, it's 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 fresh again. You know, sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes you have to just kind of polish it a little bit to remember how well it works.
2: So what's your what's your take on some of the like some of the newer thrash bands? Like they're they're younger, but they're they're playing the '80s style. Do you have any favorites that you've that you've run across?
1: I, I like Havoc. I mean, I know they're not brand new. This is their second album, I think, but. Um, I, I, I think Havoc is a, is a pretty good band. Um, the new onslaught—I know. I mean, I know they—they they actually started out almost when we did. They started out as punk, but the new onslaught is really good. Um, what else was I listening to the other day that I really liked? Uh, The—the—I'm the, trying to think. I have so many songs on my iPod. Um, you know, I, I can't—it's it, not coming to my mind right now, but. I think it's great, though. I think it's great that some of these new guys are rediscovering the roots. You know, rediscovering where it all came from. Because no matter what, all these new styles will will fade away. You know, it's like a tree. I always say the roots always stay, but the leaves keep falling. You know, so that's what you know metal is, and, and especially this heavy stuff. I think the the roots. That's why the big four are. That's the news story, the metal news story of the year, is because. You know those bands are still relevant, and and even though these new styles will, will always come and go, um, they, I mean they're going to go eventually. They'll, they'll come, they'll go, and it'll be the next new style. You know now it's that degent or whatever it is. You know the prog prog metal. You know so and that'll be cool for two years, and then the next thing will come. So I, I, I'm just happy where we are. You know we're 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 sort of sticking to the to the roots, but we we, we have. We also have a bit of a new twist on it, you know. And we have a, a new sound, and we have we do have a little bit of a new twist on it. So we're not we're not I mean we're not purists, you know. We're not we're not 100 where we were in 1987, of course. We're we're quite a different band than, from back then.
2: Right well, Kind of to that end, I mean, you mentioned earlier about how um, you know most of the new fans that you're picking up are kind of the 18 to 24 demographic. Um, you know, with a lot of the Facebook, MySpace generation, you know, how has that, how has that changed the way you're marketing yourselves, if at all? And I mean, do you see that as a as a viable avenue to get the word out to to people that were listening to listening to you back in the day, or how are you how are you trying to tackle that?
1: Well, it doesn't really affect us as far as how we market ourselves or how we conduct our business. We we have to be who we are. I think every band always has to be true to themselves and be comfortable with what you're doing. You have to write the songs that you believe in. You can't think, well, you know, I think I'm gonna write some cool songs that 18-year-olds will really love, you know, I'll try to write some new metal sounding stuff or whatever. I think you have to really just write whatever comes out and just keep it pure and and just market yourself the way you're comfortable with. So don't, I, I think people can see through that, you know, if you're really just trying too hard. And so, you know, we're just being ourselves and who we've always been. And, uh, but it's definitely, it's cool to have a young audience, because like you said, with the social media networks, they're, I mean, they're pretty aggressive with getting the word out. They, they post. I see them posting our videos and our interviews and everything on their pages, and then people come to their pages and post it on their pages. So it's, I, I, mean, I, love, I definitely love the new technology and having the young fans with a lot of energy really helps.
2: What's the thing that annoys you the most about it, if any? Uh, nothing really annoys me
1: about it. Uh, you know, once in a while, I'll go to websites like Blabbermouth or whatever, and they'll have some something on us, some news story, or you know, a preview of a song. And I see people uh, posting on there. Like, you'd think that, like, Bin Laden just put a message out or something. They're like, yeah someone fucking shoot these guys oh fucking maggots. And it's like dude there's so much shit happening in the world i mean you really got to get angry at music i mean i don't know it's just some of that creeps me out you know because i think of dimebag daryl who we knew quite well they you know they played with us and i think of that guy getting shot by an insane fan and i i, I read some of these comments i'm like you know I don't. Know, it's a little bit creepy. I, I I guess I'm coming from a from a different standpoint, but I think people get that angry. I mean, it's nothing thing to say these guys suck, which is cool, but I think some people get so like emotional over just a song or, sure. you know, it's just sure. it's just like, dude, it's like the world is on fire right now. Like everyone's losing their jobs and like the Middle East is crazy and everything's just nuts in the world. And like you know, you hear a song and you want to kill somebody. It's like I don't know, just fucking weird.
0: Yeah, definitely
1: get a life,
2: yeah. It's like basement dwelling, like, just, yeah, just finding any reason to shit on anybody for it, like, you just, yeah.
1: yeah. I, guess, I think most spores in the basement can do that to somebody, you know, I think it just <laughs> makes them kind of hallucinate after a while. <laughs> they start thinking, you know, uh, uh, like, like Charles Manson, you know, the Beatles was were talking to him, you know, I think it's the same kind of disease, you know, like, this music's talking to me, so... I think people just got to chill out, you know, it's just music, music is, is meant to, you know, music is just meant to kind of take you away from all that, you know, away from anger and all the, the crazy shit that goes on in life. And it's just, enjoy it. It's a snapshot in, in the moment of your life. I mean, when I write here, like Iron Maiden, Hallowed Be Thy Name or something, and I just think, Back, I was in high school as a sophomore, you know. So it's like for me, music is just so special. I never get angry, even if I hear a band I don't like. I never like want to throw something at my radio or something, you know. It's just, I don't know, it's just a weird, weird deal.
0: Yeah, well, um, this has been really, really cool talking to you. Do you still have a little bit of time? I know I've got one more question. I'm just seeing if, um, uh, Jared or Cody, do you guys have any more questions? Her. I can't think of any I I've got this question that I've we we posed to a couple bands and so far it's been it's been all right but last time I asked this it kind of backfired on me so let's see if I can ask it appropriately this time but um <laughs> if you could uh if you could sort of like I, I guess imagine the um the ultimate band you know of right. living or dead members four or five members who would it be
1: Wow, well, um it would be Randy Rhodes on guitar that's easy. Now comes the hard part, because <laughs> um, I'm a guitar player, so you know I, I always focus in on the guitar. And Randy Rhodes has always been my favorite guitarist. Uh, for vocals, uh, da, 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 da. who do I really, really love? I mean, I can't say Ozzy because obviously Randy Rhodes and Ozzy were together, so I got to say somebody else. I, I still love Bruce Dickinson, um, so I'll put Bruce in there. Uh, man, drums. Uh, it is. Boy, you put me on the spot. It's yeah, I was gonna say that. There's just so many people through through history. <laughs> um, man, I can't even remember. Like, I can't. I, I can't remember like some of the fa- the famous guys that you know their names. I mean, I, you know who I really like. Um. I really, really like uh, Chris Adler actually from Lamb of God. Oh, okay. So he—he actually, I know he's—he's he's a newer guy, but I, I really love his style. So he, he'd be a pretty cool drummer. I know this is a mess of a band though, isn't it? It's like none these got a match. They're all the playing different styles. But
0: no, you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for bass, see, I, I've always been the—I always been the, the type of songwriter. That I, I think the bass. I like the bass to kind of just. Be the heavy groove in the back, so I would probably pick a real lame bass player, you know, like Rudy, like, um, like, uh, Rudy Zarzo or something. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, my, my, or I, I even like uh, Geezer. So I don't know, I, you know, it, it, it would be kind of a, a, a mishmash of, of, of band members. I don't know. I mean, it'd be a hell, it'd be a, a, hell, of a hell of a band on, on paper, but I think they would suck in the studio.
0: <laughs> well you never know but I, I always like asking that you know you, do, you always get like a you know just inter- interesting uh interesting answers from people so i liked your answers kind of an old school thing so that's cool <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's just i just go back through my history and who you know who the guys have always like loved so uh, you know even I even put dio in there if, if, if he were alive but Dio's always been one of my favorite vocalists as well. So I mean, there's just so many. You know, it's just it's it's your brain freezes. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think all the bands you've loved and how uh, can you pick? You know, now it's also you start forgetting everyone's name too. So that's fine. Um, you, you yeah, can... there's a million million copy of combinations.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Eric. This has been a lot of fun. We'll definitely be looking forward to the videos and and for sure any touring announcements that come out. Um. Jared and I are in Colorado. Cody's actually in Florida and Jacksonville. So if you make either of those stops, man, we would love to, to meet up with you too and, and chat. And, so.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, as soon as we get dates, you know, you'll get them from, our, uh, from PR. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do this all again one day. Excellent. All right. all right, brothers. Good Have much. a good day. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again. You too. Thanks. Sounds good. Have a good Sounds night. Good. <laughs> Take care, man. See you.
0: Later.
2: You too. Bye.